Welcome or welcome back to Criminal Curiosity, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Jade. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you're doing well. If not, I hope your day gets better. Last week, or maybe two weeks ago, we talked about the murder of Arliss Perry, and this week we are going to be talking about the murder of Tracy McBride. So let's get started. Tracy Joy McBride was born on May 27, 1975 in Centerville, Minnesota to her parents Jim and Irene McBride. She was an older sister and her younger sister described her as always having a smile on her face. She was very energetic and lived her life with purpose. She enjoyed baking and attended Centennial High School where she was a cheerleader for the soccer team. Her mother talked about how much the team loved her because she would always bring them chocolate chip cookies. When Tracy graduated high school in 1994, she had plans to join the Army. She graduated from basic training and AIT, also known as advanced individual training. When she completes training, 19-year-old Tracy McBride is assigned to the Goodfellow Air Force Base in San Angelo, Texas. Ten days after arriving at Goodfellow Air Force Base on February 18, 1995, Tracy disappears at around 9 p.m. According to two soldiers that were there as well, Tracy was on the phone walking by the laundry facility when she was abducted. The soldiers go and try to help her, but the man that kidnapped Tracy knocks him out, and when he wakes up, Tracy is gone. On March 1, 1995, a former military soldier, Louis Jones Jr., is arrested for assaulting his ex-wife, who is a staff sergeant in the military. She filed a complaint to the Air Force's Office of Special Investigations, also known as OSI, And once they arrest him and bring him in for questioning, he comes forward and claims that he kidnapped and murdered Tracy McBride, and he claims that he murdered her with a tire iron. He said that on the night of February 18, 1995, he went looking for his wife, but instead saw Tracy and his entire plan changed. So he decided to kidnap Tracy and murder her, but claims that he never raped her. Lewis Jones leads police under a bridge on Highway 277 in Coke County, about 27 miles from the base where Tracy's body was found. So, a little bit about Lewis Jones. He was born on March 4, 1950 in Shelby County, Tennessee, and grew up in Chicago. Growing up, Jones said that he experienced both sexual and physical abuse. Lewis Jones served 22 years in the Army. He was a U.S. Army Ranger and was part of the invasion of Grenada in 1983 and the Gulf War in 1991. During his time in Iraq, there was a ground attack in which he received a commendation medal due to his response. 
He became a master sergeant and received an honorable discharge in 1993. He was married three times and was a single parent to his only child, a daughter. One of his wives, like I mentioned before, was a staff sergeant and noted that there were some changes in his behavior when he got back from Iraq. He had no previous criminal record, and at the time of Tracy's murder, he worked on the base as a bus driver. The prosecution said that in order for this case to get somewhere, they would have to have more than just a confession because that wasn't proof enough. On YouTube, there is a show called Dr. G Medical Examiner, and they covered this case, and it solely focuses on the autopsy. Dr. G first does an external exam, just looking at the body and getting a general overview of it. Tracy is wearing her army uniform, and everything is put together. Her shirt was tucked in, her belt was buckled, and in her pocket was a U.S. Marines ring that was on a chain. Tracy had a boyfriend who was in the Marines. Next, Dr. G looks at her uniform to see if there are any fibers that prove she was near Lewis Jones, such as carpet fibers and animal hair. But the uniform was very, very clean. Meaning the killer was going to do everything and anything in their power so that there was no evidence. They move on to the cranial exam, and Dr. G stated that the trauma on her head was, quote, worse than most high-impact car wrecks, end quote. She had three wounds to the left side, two to the rear, and four to the right of her head. So a minimum of nine wounds to her head. And this, of course, is important because Lewis Jones said that he used a tire iron in his confession. Her skull is smashed and the fractures are so severe that the dura matter, which, according to Google, is a thick piece of membrane that protects the brain. You can also look at it on Google to get a better understanding if you're a visual person. But the dura matter was torn and the pieces of skull went into the brain. Dr. G mentioned that she has done autopsies on people that have been involved in 75 mile per hour car accidents and they have barely had any head trauma as bad as Tracy's. The next part of the case was trying to figure out if sexual assault was a factor. Because Lewis Jones made sure to mention that he did not sexually assault her. Most rapists use some form of drug or a way to make sure that someone doesn't fight back. And when the victims don't fight back, there is less chance of bruising happening in the genital area. I don't want to go into too much detail on that part because it's hard to hear and learn about as well, and it might be triggering for some people, but the medical examiner did find a lot more trauma on the genital area, which was unusual. Because of the amount of trauma that was present, it showed that Tracy McBride was fighting back, and that indicated a sexual assault. While the prosecution is getting ready to present their case, they come to another bump in the road, 
maybe the defense and or the jury would think, okay, Tracy had a boyfriend, maybe she had sex with him. So that proves that Lewis Jones didn't sexually assault her. So now, in order to be ready to convict this man for once and for all, no back and forth, they have to find proof that Lewis Jones did sexually assault Tracy. A rape kit is done, and the medical examiner collects samples from the vaginal, anal, and oral region and sends them to Bear County Forensic Science Center to be analyzed. The report comes back a month later, and the tests from all regions that were tested come back negative. No evidence of sperm. Dr. G said that this is not about sex. It's about violence, and some people do not ejaculate. And that's because maybe he used an object to create the trauma. Dr. G talked about the bruising, saying that when you get a bruise on any part of your body, it's pinkish-bluish, then it goes to green and yellow and brown, different stages and different times when the bruising occurred. If you've had a bruise, like on the, the time that I was researching this case, I had two bruises because I can't walk straight, but they were greenish-yellowish and the other one was bluish-purplish color because, like I said, I walk into things. And you can see over time how the bruise changed so you have an idea of when the bruising occurred. The bruising found on Tracy was pinkish-bluish, which was proof that she was raped before her death. Her bruising was recent, maybe 24 hours that she had the bruising for, and Lewis Jones was with her that time. Police were also able to confirm that Tracy's boyfriend was out of state when she was kidnapped. So this is what prosecution is able to put together just so that we have a clearer understanding. Ten days after Tracy McBride arrived at Goodfellow Air Force Base, she's on the phone outside of the laundry mat or laundry facility when Lewis Jones kidnaps her at gunpoint. She's still in her army uniform where Tracy is sexually assaulted. He makes sure that Tracy helps clean up the crime. He washes her clothes made her clean herself with hydrogen peroxide. He forces her to walk on towels so she doesn't pick up his fibers, and there was none found during the autopsy. He then takes her to a remote location and strikes her in the head at least nine times with a tire iron. He leaves her in a remote area, but that area is the reason the medical examiner could find evidence of sexual assault because her body was under a bridge, protected from the sun, and it was cold. In March 1995, Jones was indicted and tried in a federal court in Lubbock, Texas. A federal court because Tracy was kidnapped from a military base. He was charged with kidnapping within special maritime slash territorial jurisdiction resulting in death. The United States attorney and the McBride family were hoping to seek the death penalty. The trial began on October 16, 1995, 
And the trial wasn't kept in San Angelo, Texas, because of the amount of news coverage there was. And all of that affects the jury selection, because maybe a good majority of people would form an opinion already. Lewis Jones claimed that the reason he committed the rape and murder was because he was suffering from Gulf War Syndrome. Now, according to John Hopkins' medical website, Gulf War Syndrome is a widely used term to refer to the unexplained illness occurring in veterans of the 1991 Gulf War. Some symptoms are fatigue, musculoskeletal problems, cognitive problems, some examples of those are dementia and amnesia, skin rashes, and diarrhea. Some possible factors of the Gulf War Syndrome are being exposed to chemical warfare agents such as nerve gas and post-traumatic stress disorder. Jones's defense had evidence of his brain scans that showed brain damage from nerve gas that contributed to his decision-making. On October 23rd, after days of testimony and the jury deliberated for 65 minutes, Lewis Jones was convicted and sentenced to death. On June 11, 1996, Jones was housed with the other death row inmates at the Ellis Unit near Huntsville, Texas. On July 13, 1996, he was moved to the United States Penitentiary, Terry Hot, which became a maximum security prison for death row inmates. Jones's defense team kept filing for appeals. His attorney, Tim Floyd, said that Jones should be spared the death penalty and given a life sentence because he experienced brain damage while he was in Iraq. Tim Floyd contacted Dr. Robert Haley in the epidemiology department at the University of Texas Southern Medical Center. Dr. Haley had published the first major studies of the Gulf War Syndrome and was asked if he could look into Jones's medical records. Dr. Haley agreed that Jones did sustain brain damage and, quote, it was responsible for the personality changes that contributed to the tragic events of his crime, end quote. Tim Floyd also reached out to United States Senator Kay Hutchinson, who argued that Jones's brain should be checked for brain damage before he was executed. In 1999, the United States Supreme Court declined to overturn Jones's death sentence. Jones's final appeal for clemency from President George W. Bush and the Supreme Court were denied on March 17, 2003. On March 18, 2003, Lewis Jones was executed by lethal injection at the United States Penitentiary Terry Hot, where Tracy's family attended. Jones was the third person to be executed since federal executions resumed in 2001. Jones also remained the last person to be executed by the United States federal government until July 14, 2020, when another prisoner was executed. Tracy McBride was laid to rest at Fort Snelling National Cemetery in Minnesota. Her family started a scholarship 
in her honor called the Tracy Joy McBride Scholarship Fund. And I will have that linked in the description of this episode if you want to read more about it and donate. I also did not realize how short this episode was. Did I talk fast? Uh, I don't know. But end of episode thoughts? I believe that PTSD is real and it can be caused by many different factors. And a big example of PTSD that people use is the military. I've mentioned this once, and after this, I probably will never talk about it again, but I am in the military, and while I was in basic training, I have a lot of trauma from being in that space. I struggled with hallucinations, hearing things, nightmares, being constantly alerted, just so much anxiety running through me. And when I got back home, I had trouble adjusting to the civilian lifestyle that I've known my entire life. When I got back home, I experienced a lot of what I mentioned before. Hallucinations, a lot of yelling, grenades, the sound of gunshots, and just having nightmares. And I don't talk about it that much because it is something that triggers me. Like right now, I am like all a bunch of just sweat just started forming. And I'm, I sound out of breath because I just, because of this topic. And because of that, I separated myself from the military mentally to protect my own mental health. That being said, PTSD is real. It comes in many different forms and it's caused by many different factors. Like I have PTSD from a car fire that happened when I was 12, 13 years old, and it still affects me every time I drive and I smell something. It doesn't have to be smoke. If I'm in a car and I smell something, I immediately get triggered. Sure, Lewis Jones served in the Gulf War and was showing signs of PTSD, that is not a justifiable reason to take someone's life. The justifiable reason would be self-defense, but that's obviously not the case here. I was just mentioning that because there is no possible justifiable reason to take someone's life. The question that I basically want to ask you, if you're listening, is do you think the Gulf War Syndrome was the reason for killing Tracy? It could play a part that maybe he had trauma on his brain because the doctor said that it resulted in personality changes, or do you think he just saw Tracy and took that opportunity to end an innocent person's life. I covered this case because soldiers protect the country. If you are a veteran or currently serving, thank you for your service. And when a soldier becomes a victim, 
because of one of their own, it's truly heartbreaking. And I wanted to cover this case just to bring more awareness. And that is the end of today's story. I would love to know what you guys think. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode that comes out every Thursday. You can follow my Instagram at criminalcuriositypod where you can see the pictures of the case. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms such as Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and rating because it helps me out so much. Spotify now has ratings, so all you have to do is type in criminal curiosity and you will see a little star to leave a rating. It would be very helpful and much appreciated. You can also request any cases that you have through Instagram or Gmail, which I will have in the description box. And please be safe out there. Look out for one another. Until next time. Bye, everyone.